This is Lon Taylor, the Rambling Boy, recording from my house in Fort Davis on this absolutely beautiful Tuesday in June. Bill Whitliffe was one of the most talented and creative people I have ever known. For starters, he was the only person I have ever met who got through the University of Texas School of Journalism without taking a typing course. Whenever he entered the journalism building, he wore his arm in a sling. When he died of a heart attack in Austin on June 9th, he still did not know how to use a typewriter. The man who wrote three novels and innumerable screenplays, including Lonesome Dove, wrote everything in what his wife Sally described as illegible longhand. When I first met Bill and Sally in Austin in 1964, Bill had just quit his job at SMU Press, and he and Sally had started a small publishing company of their own, Encino Press. Bill had considerable talent as a book designer, and in the 18 years of its existence, Encino Press published some of the most beautiful books ever produced in Texas. My favorite is the narrative of Robert Hancock Hunter, a slim 34-page volume bound in boards with Whitley's full-face pen and ink portrait of Hunter, an Austin colonist and soldier in the Texas Revolution on the cover. Whitliffe appreciated Hancock's narrative because it was a good story, and Whitliffe was a master storyteller. During World War II, he regaled his kindergarten classmates with tales of his father's adventures as a flying tiger pilot in China, even though his father never left Texas. When he was in high school in Blanco, he submitted a most unforgettable character I've ever known piece to the Reader's Digest. It was rejected, which was fortunate, because it was about Lyndon Johnson, whom Whitliffe had never met, much less known. He made it all up. Whitliffe started writing film screenplays in the 1970s. His first success was a TV movie, Thaddeus, Rose, and Eddie, starring Johnny Cash and his wife, June Carter. He followed this in 1979 with The Black Stallion, based on Walter Farley's 1941 novel, and a long string of other hits, including not only Lonesome Dove, but Honeysuckle Rose, Raggedy Man, based on his mother's reminiscences of working as a telephone operator in Edna, Texas, and The Perfect Storm. He became a mentor to dozens of young Texas screenwriters and always had time to visit with them when they dropped in his office in an old house on Austin's Baylor Street, an office that Austin Skip Hollingsworth once described 
as looking like a combination museum and rent-by-the-month storage unit. The last time I visited Whitliffe there, most of the space was taken up by a life-size wooden horse, complete with charro saddle that had been used by a Mexican street photographer. Photography was one of Whitliffe's passions. In 1972, he was invited to visit a ranch in northern Mexico where vaqueros still worked cattle on horseback. The photographs that he made on that trip were published by the Institute of Texan Cultures in a book called Vaquero, The Genesis of the Texas Cowboy. This was followed by several other books of photographs, the most eccentric of which is Boys Town, La Zona de Tolerancia, published in 2000. Photographs of prostitutes and their clients in a border town body house. The photographs were not taken by Whitliffe, but by Mexican photographers who made them as souvenirs for the clients. Whitliffe bought about 7,000 negatives from the photographers and spent years cleaning and printing them. Every time I looked at those photos, he said, I saw stories that needed to be told and that needed to be preserved. The preservation of stories was the overriding theme of Whitliffe's life. In 1985, he received a telephone call from J. Frank Dobie's former secretary. Dobie's estate was being sold, and she wanted to know if Whitliffe wanted to buy Dobie's desk. He did, and when he drove to the Dobie house to get it, he noticed about 30 cardboard boxes full of papers. He bought those, too. They turned out to be Dobie's papers that had not gone to the University of Texas after his death. They included a great deal of correspondence and a diary he had kept as a graduate student at Columbia University that Dobie himself thought had been destroyed. Whitliffe and his wife Sally gave those papers to Texas State University and they became the foundation of the Whitliffe Southwestern Writers Collection, which now occupies the entire seventh floor of the Albert B. Alkeck Library building. Whitliffe was a compulsive archivist himself. When he was 15, he and two high school buddies drove to San Antonio to hear an Elvis Presley concert. As Sarah Bird tells the story, the hall was sold out, and they decided to sneak in. Whitliffe climbed a tree behind the building and jumped to a window ledge that opened into Elvis's dressing room. He explained to a surprise to Elvis that he and two friends had driven from Blanco to hear the concert but could not get into the hall. Elvis tore a paper towel from the dispenser over the wash basin and wrote on it, To the doorkeeper, let these three fellows in. I know them. Thanks, Elvis Presley. That paper towel is now in the Whitliffe collection.
My fondest memory of Bill is of sitting in the lobby of the Gage Hotel and Marathon with him on the afternoon before some Lonesome Dove event that J.P. Bryan was producing. He was telling stories about the difficulties of filmmaking. I told him that I had seen The Black Stallion when it came out and that I loved the shipwreck scene where the boy and the horse swim through the surf to safety. Bill said, you know, we ran through six horses shooting that scene. The black stallion we started with proved to be totally unmanageable. And so the film company sent us six other older geldings, but they were all different colors. So we dyed them all black. When they got in the water, the dye started coming off. We were on our sixth horse when the director decided he had the shot he wanted. I mentioned that I remembered a lot of underwater shots from that scene. And Bill said, that's because the director and the cameraman hated each other. The director was always yelling at the cameraman. The cameraman was a scuba diver, and he figured out that if he was underwater, he couldn't hear the director, so he tried to stay underwater as much as possible. I know that Bill wrote those stories down and that they are in the Whitliffe archives. There was nothing ephemeral about Bill Whitliffe. You've been listening to Lon Taylor, the rambling boy. I'll be back at 11 a.m. next Friday with another story. In the meantime, remember that you can read The Rambling Boy in the Big Men Sentinel every Thursday. This program was made possible by a generous grant from the Summerlee Foundation's program in Texas history. <laughs>